0: What might happen if we welcome the reign of God? We're going to talk specifically uh, today about in your life personally. What would your life look like? What would be different if you welcomed the reign of God? Not just saying, oh yeah, Jesus, and we go Sunday morning, and then we go eat. Okay, But if you actually welcomed his rule and his reign, what would that look like for you? Next week, we're going to talk about what would it look like at your workplace. See, you don't turn off Jesus because it's not Sunday morning. You carry him with you wherever you go. And one of the main places that you spend most of your time is at your job. So we're going to talk about that next week. If you're a businessman, I encourage you, you need to be here. If you work for a businessman that is is struggling financially, struggling in the business, there are kingdom principles found in the word of God that can bring about success and victory. Okay, And we're going to talk about those. It's all throughout the Bible. Uh, The the next week after that, you guys are going to be in for a really big treat. Our youth pastor, Chance Holt, is going to be bringing the message. It's going to be awesome. He's going to be talking about uh, kingdom come to my home. He's going to be talking about bringing the kingdom to our homes. And then finally, Easter is our final final Sunday uh, in March, and we're going to be talking about the kingdom coming to earth and what Jesus did is going to be awesome. So, but we're kicking it off uh, this morning with "Kingdom Come" in my life. So, what is the kingdom of God? What is the kingdom? What, what does that even mean? I got a definition here. Now, if you don't like this definition, please don't tell me, because I worked really, really hard defining what the kingdom of God is. Because it just seems so out there, the kingdom of God, and so we. <laughs> are going to kind of get into this. I'm going to explain to you what the kingdom is, and then I'm going to give you three kingdom characteristics this morning. Does that sound good? Yeah? You on board? All right, sweet. So the kingdom of God is God's government, currently active in heaven, demonstrated on earth by Jesus, and offered to humanity. You enter it by submitting... To God's instructions. That's what the kingdom of God is. The kingdom of God is God's government. And we're going to break this down in a second. God's government currently active in heaven. Demonstrated on earth by Jesus. And offered currently right now to humanity. And you enter into God's kingdom by submitting to God's instructions. Okay, Let's just kind of break this out for a little bit. First of all, it says it's God's government, God's government. Now, right now, we are very aware of government. How many of you have been following, like, all the preliminary races and stuff? What is up with politics in America? Holy moly. It's like, is this a reality TV show or is this real life? It is crazy. Well, the good news, if you're disgusted with what's been happening in politics, take heart because God's got his own government. And he's not up for reelection, Okay? He, he, he is still on the throne. Now, Isaiah 9-6, and we're, we, i got a lot of scripture this morning. We're not going to turn to all of it for the sake of time. But I want you to take notes. You've got sermon notes on the back of your, uh, your, your bulletin that you can write down. And you can study this. But Isaiah 9-6 is a prophecy in the Old Testament about the coming Messiah. And it says something interesting in this verse. It says, the government will be upon his shoulders. How many of y'all heard that before? Yeah, the government will be upon his shoulders, okay? what is it? What government? Well, we tend to think about our own country. We tend to think America is like the only government in the world, but there are lots of nations out there, lots of governments, okay? It's talking about the government of the kingdom, the rule, the reign. See, God has a method of doing things. Do you ever think about that? God has a way of doing things. He has a system of doing things. God has specific ways that he thinks is right. And when we enter into the kingdom of God, we begin to submit to those. And we'll we'll flesh that out in just a moment. But you first need to understand that right now, happening in the world, there are man-made governments everywhere that are governing people, governing countries, but... There is a spiritual government that exists, and the government rests on Jesus. It rests; the government will be upon His shoulders. That means Jesus is holding it up. Okay, and, and and so so you need to understand. I want you to think: Yes, go vote in November. Yes, pray and ask the Holy Spirit: Who should who of these clowns should I vote for? All right, but. Um, but you need to understand that the government, the real government, the true eternal government sits on the shoulders of Jesus Christ. Okay? So, the kingdom of God is God's government, God's rules, God's laws, God's ideas, concepts, systems, methods. It's, it's all, it's God's way of doing things. Now, I told you as well though, the kingdom of God is God's government active in heaven. So, see, You should really, really want God's government. It's already, currently, right now, happening in heaven. And don't you know heaven is awesome? Heaven is awesome. I have the reference up here, Matthew 16. You guys know this. It's when Jesus instructs us to pray. He says, our Father who art in heaven, look at you guys, hallowed or holy be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is where? So, see, it's the kingdom of God. God's rule, his reign, his way of doing things is right now happening in heaven. And Jesus, whom the government sits upon, instructs us, Hey, when you pray, let me, here's a little cheat for you. Let me give you an instruction. When you pray, pray that what's happening in heaven happens on earth. It's called the kingdom come. It's God's way, His government. We want it to happen here on earth, okay? So so it's active in heaven right now. It's demonstrated by Jesus. The kingdom of God is demonstrated by Jesus. And we see this. uh, His teaching and his parables, I don't know if you've ever realized this, but basically, every single thing that Jesus did was about the kingdom of God, it was all about the kingdom. Um, in, in Matthew chapter 13, there are six parables, just boom, in a row, where he's teaching and he's explaining what God's government, God's rule, God's reign, God's kingdom looks like. What it's, and he's given all these different examples, okay? And so, um, and you can look that up. As a matter of fact, let's just go ahead and make that your homework for this week. Do you like how I did that right there? Boom, homework. I didn't sign up for homework. Well, Sorry. Matthew 13, read it, get it in a translation that you like, uh, that, that will help you to understand Jesus' words. But he explains what the kingdom of God is like in Matthew 13. Also, let me just throw this out here. So there are four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right? Uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called the Synoptic Gospels because they, they, they're very similar, okay? And Matthew, though, refers to the kingdom of God as the kingdom of heaven, okay? Don't let that throw you. The kingdom of heaven in Matthew and the kingdom of God in Luke and Mark and in John are the same thing, okay? There's there's some theologians that try to, well, the kingdom of heaven is this and the kingdom of, look, God's in heaven, he's in charge, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, same thing. The, just so you know, the reason he did that is for his Jewish brothers and sisters who didn't like to pronounce the name of God, so he put heaven just in deference to them, that's that's why he did it, okay? But the kingdom of heaven is the same thing as the kingdom of God when you read about that, okay? But, but we see that he, he taught. He used parables, all right? He told stories, and, and these stories were to illustrate what the kingdom of God was like. He did it through healing. Luke 10, 9, he instructs his disciples. He says, go and heal the sick and tell them that the kingdom of God has come. You ever wonder why Jesus healed? Jesus didn't have to heal. I believe Jesus still heals today, don't you? Yeah. We saw it at Friday Night Fire just a couple days ago. It was awesome. Okay? God still heals today. Why does he do that? Well, first of all, because he loves you and he thinks you're awesome. It's true. Jesus wouldn't have died for someone he doesn't like. Okay? But, But he loves you and he wants you well. But also, it's a demonstration of power. Saying, hey, the kingdom is available to anyone who's willing to walk in it. Okay? So he preached... He taught, he, he, he showed healing, the healing was pointing to the kingdom, alright, that, that was coming and at that point had come. There's also deliverance in Matthew 12, 28, he actually says, if I cast out demons, um, then you know that the kingdom of God has come near. So, when, when he healed people, not just physically, but when he delivered them and got them clean and free, he, he was demonstrating, hey, psst, guess what? This is what the kingdom's like. The kingdom brings about healing. The kingdom brings about deliverance. Here, let me show you. Boom. So, so Jesus' whole his central message was the kingdom. Uh, we're going to look at a verse that in just a moment um, that'll, that'll uh, kind of flesh that out a little bit more. Um, and then lastly, I said it's you enter it by submitting to God's instructions you enter it by submitting to God's instructions let's look at uh, Matthew 7:21 real quick so the question is okay God's got a rule a dominion a power a, a reign a government so how do I get a part of that? I mean, we become, we were born citizens of the United States, most of us, right? And, and if you were going to move to another country, you would have to go through a process uh, of becoming a citizen of that country. So how do we become a citizen of the kingdom of God? How do we enter into the kingdom of God? Well, it's by submitting to God's instructions. Check this out. Matthew seven twenty one. it says, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. So, so it's, it's not just something you say with your mouth, okay? You do have to say it with your mouth, but only to the degree that your mouth is aligned with your heart, okay? So, so not only those who say, Lord, Lord, which, by the way, just a couple of things about your New Testament Greek Bible. Um, whenever, first of all, there's no punctuation. Uh, the translators added that so we'd know when to stop talking, okay? Some of you guys need some punctuation in your life. It's a joke. He also, (laughs) you're like, amen, brother. (laughs) Also, whenever you see repetition in Scripture, it's not an actual repeating of, of the word. It's usually meant to become louder. So not all who say, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom. What he's probably really saying is not all who say, Lord, will enter the kingdom. In Revelation, when the angels are crying, holy, 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 they're going, holy. That's what they're doing. That's why it's repetition. Some of you are like, woo. <laughs> so, so, not all. look, cry out to Jesus, but don't think that just going, Jesus, and then living how you want to is going to change anything. To enter the kingdom, it's not just crying out to him. That's the first step, and that's good. But it's actually learning to live in his ways. It says, only those who actually do the will of my Father enter into the kingdom. Matthew, uh, actually, let's turn to Acts. Acts chapter 3. This is, um, actually, I'm sorry, this is Acts 2. I have the wrong thing now. This is when um, Pentecost happens and Peter starts preaching. And uh, actually, this is totally wrong reference. I'm sorry. It's Acts 2.38 is what I meant to just Acts 2.38. I'm going to wave that over you. Use the force. Acts 2.38. Um, Verse 37, Peter's words pierced uh, their hearts and he said to them, hey, what must we do to be saved? And Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins, turn to God, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent. What must I do? Repent. Don't yell. You can yell if you want to. But as long as the yelling aligns with your repentance and your heart, right? You can cry if you want to. That's cool. Lots of times when God moves on someone's heart, they cry. Okay? Great. But crying is not what gets you into the kingdom. Heart change is what gets you into the kingdom. And so when, when Peter preaches this sermon, 3,000 men, just the men, that didn't even include the women and children, get saved. All right? And they ask, what do, we, what do we have to do? We have to repent. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more in just a second. Um, but to repent, it literally means uh, to change your mind. It, it's a course correction. It, it's to adjust the direction. Okay? Sometimes it's been said, and I've said this before, that it's a 180. Well, it's only a 180 to the degree that you are walking opposite of God. So if, if God's over here and you're walking this way, then repentance would be a 180, okay? But if you're walking this way and God's over here, it's a 90, <laughs> you see? So it's, it's where you change your direction to line up with where God's going. That's repentance. It's, a, it's literally a mind change because your body follows where your mind goes, okay? So, so repentance repentance is simply changing your mind and submitting yourself to God's instructions, alright, so do you feel like you have a good grasp, that was just my introduction, hey, do you feel like you have a good grasp on what, on what the kingdom of God is, okay, it's happening in heaven right now, it's God's government, it's offered to you, it's demonstrated by Jesus, okay, so I'm going to tell you really quickly three characteristics of the kingdom, three characteristics of the kingdom, and the first one is that the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. We're going to go back to Matthew chapter 4. The kingdom of God is at hand. Uh, It actually says this, uh, verse 17, it says, From then on Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God. Hey, there's that repentance we just talked about. For the kingdom of heaven, again it's Matthew, so he says heaven. The kingdom of, of heaven is at hand is what it says in the New King James. In the New Living it says is near. Now, you can look up this word in the Greek here for near or at hand, okay? And it's really, really interesting. It means near. It means within reach. Um, It means to have come close, like proximity, to come close with the intention of joining two things together. So the kingdom of God, through Jesus, because remember the government rests on His shoulders, through Jesus, the kingdom of God has now come close to you with the intention of linking up and joining to you. All right? So that's what it means the kingdom of God is at hand. All right? So I want to, Cynthia, will you come here? So Cynthia's going to sit right here. I just want to illustrate this to you for a second. So Cynthia, for the sake of this illustration, has fallen and she can't get up. She needs a life alert, okay? All right? So she So she needs help. So the kingdom, so I'm I'm way over here. I watch her fall. She's hurt her ankle, whatever. Oh. Okay, so I come over here, all right, and I draw near and I reach out my hand with the intention of joining, linking up, and helping her up. This is what the kingdom of God is. Yes, you may, you may. Yes, and okay, yay, and she's up. Okay, now, now sit back down for a second. Now here's what here's why repentance is so important. Here's how how we enter the kingdom of God. See, God is good. He has done this for the record to everyone. He has drawn near to everyone. He's extended his hand to everyone. Every single one of you, the worst person on the face of the planet, the best person on the face of the planet. They all need Jesus, and they all have an extended hand. Okay, Here's the problem. Many of us don't believe that his hand is extended. Most of us, though, what they do is they extend their left hand. And they want to do things their own way. And they're saying, hey, Jesus, help me. And he's like, I will help you, but it's by submission to my instructions. Here's my, this, the way I want you, I want you to use your right hand to grab me. And she's over there, but help me. No, I want you to grab my leg. I want you to do this, right? Good acting out. You're, You're doing a great job. I want you to do that. I want you to do that. And, and, and But the kingdom of God, is at hand. it's available. It's near. He is drawn close with the intent of linking with you. But you have to do it through repentance. You have to link up with him in the manner in which he is requested. Because he's God, remember? He's God. And so when we obey his commandments, when we do things his way, we can link up with him, and then we are saved. Amen. And we have just, she's entered the kingdom of God. Amen. Thank you, Cynthia. Good job. You now have the opportunity to enter into the kingdom because of Jesus. James 4 8, it says, Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Right? That's kingdom talk. He's talking about the kingdom. He's talking about the kingdom. You could even say, you can even put it this way stretch your hand out to God for he has already stretched out his hand to you. Okay? That's the kingdom. So it is at hand. It is available, okay? It is available to each and every one of you. Here's another thing about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is inside out. The kingdom of God is inside out. And I have up for you Philippians 2, 12 through 14. I wanted you to read it in the New King James Version because that's the version I like for this verse. It says, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for it's God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Now notice it says work out your salvation. It doesn't say work on your salvation and it doesn't say work at your salvation. We talked about this last week, the salvation equation. The works, the good works that we do are not in order to be saved. The good works that we do are because we have been saved. Okay? So he's not saying work at your salvation. He's saying work out your salvation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. That word new, it means like a first edition, brand new, brand spanking new. I don't even know what that means, spanking new, okay? Brand spanking new, there's never been another one like it, okay? So that's 2 Corinthians 5.17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation, old things have passed away, Uh, all things have become new. Now, here's the deal though. When God, when you first enter into the kingdom, he changes your spirit. He changes your inside, right? And it's your job. You can't change your inside. You can't change your spirit. If you could, you would, but you need Jesus to do it. So he changes your inside, but then he gives you a task, a stewardship, where you get to work out what he's done in Sometimes we call this process sanctification, some people talk about holiness, uh, wh- whatever you want to call it. But the good things that he's deposited in our spirits, it's our job through renewing the minds, through all these things, to then work out. So the kingdom of God is inside out. you got to get the good stuff on the inside, on the outside. And you got to get it all on the other people around you, so that they allow him <laughs> to change them on the inside, then they Take on the task of turning inside out. Does that make sense? See, the kingdom. Of, see religion has had it wrong. Religion says, train your senses and your body to do what's right. And there, there, there is a time for that. There is scripture that says, Paul says, I buffet my body so that I won't be disqualified from ministry. But, but, only once you have God on the inside can you get him on the outside. The devil works outside in. He tries to put pressure on your circumstances, on your externals, so you will deny what's on the inside. God works from the inside out. He changes your inside. He says, Okay, now renew your mind to the word. Get under teaching. Worship me. Be- get exposed to the presence of God. Do these things necessary so your outside will become, your inside will become your outside. Amen? Last thing. The kingdom of God is upside down. It's not only inside out, it's upside down. The kingdom of God is upside down. What do I mean? I, I mean it's opposite of the world. It's opposite of the world. And, and we don't have time to go over all these. You can take a picture of this if you need to, or you can write these down. These are just several really quick illustrations of what the characteristics of the kingdom are like. And they are very much upside down. They're the opposite of our way of thinking. And look at these. In your weakness, he is strong. So if you got to be strong, you need to be weak. What? No, no. The, the world system says if you want to be, if you be strong, then you need to work out. Right? The kingdom says if you want to be strong, you've got to become weak. It's like we talked about during communion. Being broken is good because you now qualify for a savior. Okay? It's the opposite. The first will be last. That's what Jesus said. The first will be last and the last will be first. That's that's opposite. We're all trying to be first, right? My family's gonna for our spring break. We're gonna go to Universal Studios. I can't wait. Uh, But you know what I did? I bought skip the line passes because I hate waiting in line. (laughs) I do, and it's terrible. And I'm sure it's a character flaw. The Lord needs to work on me because I just stand in there, and the people in front of me. I'm like, where are they in front of me? I mean, that's just, you know, it's just my flesh. So I bought the, the, the but in the kingdom, <laughs> it's not a very good kingdom mentality. But in the kingdom, the first will be last and the last will be first, okay? Look at, look at this one. Love your enemies. Love your enemies? Are you kidding me? The world says hate your enemies. Bomb your enemies. Talk bad about your enemies, right? And that just, and we're like, yeah, 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 they, they stink. Let's, let's do it. Wipe them out. Let's do it. God says, love your enemies. That's so opposite. It's so upside down. Right? Uh, lend without receiving back. What? Isn't that the purpose of lending is just temporary so you will get it back? I don't want to give you. Y'all don't ask me. Don't ask me to borrow anything after this sermon. Well, aren't you, kingdom? <laughs> yeah, lend without, lend without receiving back. Lend, lend without expectation. That's, that's the opposite. What does our kingdom? Oh, it'll lend. The bank will lend you money, won't they? But they're gonna boom put an interest charge on there. And credit cards? We got a credit card offer them. We were pre-approved. Isn't that cool? Pre-approved. Yeah, we were pre-approved to spend all our money for for them. Um, the 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 APR the the interest rate for this credit card was twenty four percent. It's like what? Are you like trash? Here, Chewy, eat this. You know, Chewy's our dog. If you don't know. So, yeah, I mean, lend without receiving back. Servants are the most important in the kingdom. If you want to move up the ladder in the kingdom, you need to learn how to serve, go underneath. It's opposite, it's the opposite of doing things, how we normally do things. Given, it will be given. So, if you want something given, you need to give something away. That's so opposite, isn't it? I mean, if, if, we, if I want something given, then I need to beg and plead and try and work three jobs until I can't sleep at night and I'm always angry at my wife. That's the world's way, right? If I need something, right? But what, what God says is if you need something, you give something. That's so counterintuitive. It's so against our worldly thinking. But it's kingdom. It's God's government. And that's why Jesus, Jesus, these are all quotes from Jesus. All these references are gospel references, except for 2 Corinthians and the next one. And, and those are Paul references, and Paul's just referencing what Jesus said. Okay? They're all kingdom instructions. We submit to the kingdom way, and we get the kingdom results. Look at the last one. God uses the foolish things. Aren't you glad? Come on. Y'all need to raise your hand. Aren't you glad God uses foolish things? I am glad God uses foolish things, or he would not be able to use me otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. He uses the foolish things to confound the wise. Right? It's upside down. It's opposite. It's not the way, nor, you know, and we saw this, actually, if you see um, the anointing of, of, of King David, what, what did Jesse, David's dad, do? He lined up all of the brothers, like, the, the strapping young lads who, like, you know, had it all together, and hey, look at my hair, <laughs> and, and, and they, they looked great, didn't they? They looked great, and then God speaks to Samuel and says, no, no they're not here, and Samuel's like, isn't there another kid? He's like, oh, yeah, David, but <laughs> he's like a little shepherd boy. And he was the one that God chose. He uses the foolish things to confound the wise. He doesn't always go the way we think he's going to go on purpose. So the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is inside out, and the kingdom of God is upside down. Here's my question for you: As we end, are you inviting God's kingdom to reign in your life? Are you inviting God's kingdom to reign in your life? Maybe you made a decision to follow Jesus. Maybe you were a kid, or maybe it was last week. But but you accepted Jesus as your Savior, and that's awesome. That's wonderful. Your home is now in heaven. But I want you to fully enter the kingdom of God, not just when you die, but now. That's my heart for you, is to enter into the kingdom of God now. But I can't invite him into your life. You have to invite. You have to submit to his instructions in order for him to reign. That's the, remember when Cynthia was lifting up her wrong hand, all right. It, it, you have to, you have to, you have to repent. You have to do things His way. You have to change your mind. You don't, you don't just do things your own way. Say, okay, God, now come bless me. That's not going to work. You're going to get mad at God. Why didn't you bless me? Because you're doing it wrong. You're you're not entering the kingdom. You're trying to make God enter your kingdom. So are are you inviting? God's kingdom rule, God's kingdom reign into your life. And are you doing it daily? Not just one time. Salvation, salvation is a one-time event, sure, where we accept the Lord Jesus and he comes and mingles with our spirit and makes us one. But what about tomorrow? Are you going to invite the kingdom tomorrow? Are you going to live by kingdom principles tomorrow? This is, all, this, is the, this is the main point of Jesus' teaching. Everything he taught is all kingdom. And then my final question to you is, what would your life look like If you invited the reign of God? How would it look different? How would it change your relationships? How would it change everything? If you invited the rule of God, the reign of God, the government of God in your life. Instead of getting a little bit of Jesus on Sunday mornings. What what if you got a lot of Jesus Monday through Sunday? How would that change your life? It's a question that I know the answer to. But only you can make the decision. Amen? Amen. Let's stand for prayer.